0: Everyone, this is S- Smile with Sigh on, on Saturdays. Saturdays. Uh, we have a very, very special guest today, and uh, before I'm uh, going to introduce you to her, I just want to wish everybody a very, very happy Valentine's Day. And on this great occasion, I actually have um, Dr. Nandini Yadav with me today. She is also my Valentine, so she is my wife here. So, without further ado, I'd like to introduce you folks to Dr. Nandini Yadav.
1: Hi, Sai. Hi, everyone. I'm Nandini. I'm happy to be spending our Valentine's Day together. I think uh, Sai and I, this is probably our, we've been together since 2013, so quite a few years together.
0: and looking forward to more, spending just seven years, I think is just the beginning. So, you know, why don't we get started? Um, I think, you know, the audience would love to hear from a little bit about you, your background, and, you know, where you came from. Um, very quickly, I would like to introduce myself and you know, about direct shifts before we, you know, before the audience will spend a lot, we'll spend a lot of time talking to, talk to each other. So, uh, again, once again, this is Sai, I'm the founder and CEO at Direct Shifts. What we do is we connect clinicians to employers for great opportunities for, be it short time, part time or full time opportunities. We're a tech enabled company and we are striving to cut out the administrative effort and burden required on both sides to create a great match for clinicians in our, in, in the United States. So one of the first clinicians that we have and where this idea actually stemmed from is Dr. Yadav. So without further ado, Dr. Yadav, would love to hear from you. would love you know for you to introduce yourself, walk us through a little bit about your background, your journey, so yeah.
1: Uh, so I'm Nandini Yadav. I'm from Pune in India. But I'd say my childhood is sort of, I've lived in Pune. I've changed a couple of schools there. I lived in Chennai, and my medical journey sort of began with my friend Sindhu, who I met when I was in seventh grade. And she comes from a family of doctors. I come from a no doctor family, so it was not even—it was something I didn't even plan on doing. I always thought I'd be a journalist, artist, archaeologist. I was into, you know, Egypt, Egyptology at that time, and uh, you know that's where the seed was planted. Uh, To you know that being a doctor is awesome. It's not only all hard work. It is a lot of hard work, but not all are hard work and uh, That journey took me I finished uh, medical school in Moscow, Russia so that was a good learning experience both you know medical education life education and uh, Then I came to the States. I finished my training and uh, I started working as a full-time attending I would say 2014 and after that, I've sort of traveled uh, different parts of the states—you know, Midwest, uh, Upstate New York, New Jersey—and uh, now I'm working in New York City. So that's my uh, my story, in a bite-sized.
0: <laughs> well, that, that's great. That's great. Um, great to hear. And you have um, what you have traveled across multiple countries um and what kind of a physician are you what are you currently doing um, would love for the audience to hear about
1: that as well awesome so um i started my career um 2014 as an attending as a hospitalist as i said i traveled in different um, you know in, in in different states and it, it changed a little bit your role changes a little bit you know as a hospitalist too, sometimes they're doing a lot of ICU care, sometimes they're not doing any ICU care and uh, procedures. So that you know that was a good learning experience. Right now, I'm at uh, Memorial Sloan Catering in New York City, and I work in their urgent care, which is a cancer-specific, you know, emergency room.
0: Great, great, great. So. As you said, like, you know, I think, you know, you started off um, by meeting Sindhu. What aspired you to become a physician and what do you love about now being a physician? Um, Why did you become a physician?
1: I think, you know, coming again, as I said, from a non-physician background, uh, the perception is that it's a lot of hard work and it's a lot of sacrifice. And that is, that is accurate. It, is, it, is, it takes a toll on you in different ways that you don't anticipate, you know, despite how much ever you prepare, you're not really prepared for it. However, I think, you know, my aspirations have changed throughout my career. Initially, you know, you always get told, oh, you know, it's a noble profession. People are gonna love you you're going to get a lot of appreciation. And those things, I would say at, my, you know, at this stage in my career right now, I don't think, yes, it is, it is a noble profession. But I don't think um, seeking people's you know, um, good word or like having um, people appreciate you is, is, is high on my priority. Why I like medicine right now is it's a very interesting field. Every day there's something new. You get to learn something new every day. And you meet a lot of different people. And um, it's actually quite a lot of fun. So this is what I would say keeps me going as of today. And I, you know, as I said, things things change as your career evolves. You medicine can give you so much more than what you thought it would be in medical school or as a child you know, or, or even mid-career. So things keep changing and I think medicine is one of those adaptable uh, careers that you can really, you know, mold into what you want it to be.
0: Great. great. So great. That's that's great. And why did you choose internal medicine as your specialty?
1: Um, I think Internal medicine, I'm I'm a bit of a person who tends to get bored a little quickly. So that's another thing. You need to know yourself pretty well. So locking myself into one field, I knew that I would, within about a year or two, I would outgrow it. For example, I did a cardio-oncology fellowship with the plans of getting into, you know, a a, a full-time cardiology fellowship. And then, you know, within a year of that, I realized that, this is not for me. I could not get locked into one profession. So internal medicine offers you a lot of flexibility. It's, you see a broad range of, you know, uh, medical problems. And I think that's what keeps it interesting. You, you always learn something new. You're not really locked in. And it also gives you a lot of flexibility. As I said, you know, you can work in an urgent care. You can work as a hospitalist. You can work in a primary care physician. So you can work, you know, you know, in a pre-op sort of setting. So it just, it, it offers a lot of flexibility. That's what I like about it.
0: Um, did you know this early in your career about like yourself? Like, How do young people think about which field to specialize in? Like, do you know yourself early on, saying this is the kind of person you are, and that's why you chose this, or is there Now, how would you think about it and how would you advise people to think through this?
1: So one of the I think a big advice that I would give people is don't lock yourself into something early on and if it doesn't happen or if life circumstances don't allow that to happen don't be disappointed you know deal with uh, sometimes let's say you decided, you know, you did medicine and you decided to do GI or you decided to cardiology or, you know, infectious disease, whatever it is. And for some reason, that plan did not happen. There are a lot of things that, you know, look at what's in your hand right now. And there are ways that you can make it happen. So it's, I would say it's not a very easy answer to know at the outset, because, you know, you begin your career, you enter med school, at least for me, I entered it 18, I know in the States they entered it a little later, it's hard to lock in and, you know, to make that decision quite early on. I think what you can do is look at, you know, look at the overall picture, you know, try to do as much rotations as you can in it. And also another thing I think is important is look at people in the career that you feel that you need to get into. And look, you know, find some mentors in that field and s- find some mentors at different stages in their career, say like five years into the career, 10, 20 years into the career, and and you know, put yourselves in their shoes and see is this somewhere I want to go? Is this is this something that I aspire to? I think that sort of helps your decision. And also being a woman, I think it's also important to acknowledge the fact that we have other responsibilities as you know, as times moves on. And so then. In that setting, also, you know, try to find women mentors in, in you know in your career fields, and ask yourself, okay, do I see myself being happy, you know, leading a life somewhat akin to this? So I think that's kind of important.
0: Great. Um, and in terms of you know, you have traveled and seeing medicine being practiced across different continents. First of all, like, you know, you grew up in India and then you moved to uh, Russia to do your medical school there and then you moved to the United States. That's pretty phenomenal. Like, you know, uh, that's also very bold. You know, how, how, like, how do, you, do you decide that you, this is something, you know, you wanna do and this is very risk taking. So how did you end up like, taking all of these risks and you know, having the courage to go to a place where you don't speak the language?
1: Uh, so if you want to take such you know, bold decisions at the age of, let's say, 17 or 18, first of all, important to be a very good kid so your parents trust you. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to trust you, if, uh, you know, if you're being naughty and you keep breaking the rules. So they're not going to let you make that. So that that worked out to my advantage. I was a very good kid. <laughs> um, we, I, I knew a few people. My family knew a few people whose uh, children had, you know, gone through a similar part, and they were doing well in life. So that sort of, you know, gave them the confidence to send me there, and. Uh, Frankly, also my parents thought that maybe, you know, I as I said, I come from a non-doctor background. They thought maybe I just, you know, drop out or something. So they said, okay, one year, let her live her life. She's gonna drop out in a year. So that also worked to my advantage. <laughs> so it was it was um it was good. It was a good learning experience. You grow up very fast, you have to learn things, you do not have the protection of your family, and plus you live in an environment where you're exposed to different sorts of people, you know. So that really helped. Um, And it helped me me in my journey, you know, from India to Russia to the States. So even when I came here to the States, I didn't have anybody when I was, you know, during my residency or I have no family here. So but but uh, I was very confident because this was much less a challenge than, you know, coming from Moscow to the States was much less of a challenge than coming from India to Moscow.
0: from your perspective okay um you know looking back who have been your influential people or you know who have guided your philosophy around your profession and who really encouraged you to do all of this i
1: think you know when i was in moscow um I, I had a very good anatomy teacher, uh, Maria Valentina. I think she was a very good mentor for me at my young age. She really advised me, um, you know, how I want to do things, and I often spoke to her. And then I had another teacher, um, you know, uh, Dr. Gulaev, who was also very, um, you know, influential in um, sort of forming your career in the way you want to, and thinking about it from I would say a more holistic point of view and also from looking at the broader picture of what you want in your life so those two teachers really uh, helped me when I was in residency uh, I did my residency at Good Samaritan Hospital in uh, in Baltimore Maryland and my uh, program director was Dr. dobbin Chow he's also a wonderful uh, very encouraging uh, program director um, very unlike what you would think uh, you know, always encouraged encouraged us to do things outside of medicine, you know, with, you know, with management and, uh, you know, I I learned about Lean Six Sigma and stuff, you know, it's, we had different conversations apart from medicine. So that was another very, you know, good force that I I had very good mentors in my life.
0: Great, great. and what are the challenges that you see you know um like one of the challenges is you know did you face any challenges as a woman um in the medical field um has that you know have you seen that or you know uh, and if you would offer any advice to our young woman to, in terms of like overcoming those challenges
1: i think the, the, I'm going to start with the positives. I think now is a great time for women to be in medicine, because more than fifty percent, or close to fifty percent of the workforce is all you know, all women. So this is great. You have friends, you have mentors, you have a team. You know, if you have problems, like just being a woman. Say, for example, you know, you have family responsibilities, you have career responsibilities you have other people to talk about it. So the environment of medicine has really changed quite a bit. There is still a lot of work to do, but I feel that you have people willing to talk about it. You have friends you can talk about it with. So that's that's just wonderful. The second thing is I, it, you know, people always talk about this work-life balance. In my opinion, Something's always got to give, so a certain point in your life you'll be like very you know you have to be career oriented, for example, in training in your early career, you have to be you know all about learning and acquiring skills and building your practice so that's that's really important, but then there comes a time where you know maybe your family takes over a little bit, or for example, you want to enrich your own life, you want to travel, you want to learn other skills and something's always got to give. And so these things, you know, this is always challenging because I think as women, we feel we need to do everything and give everything equal attention. Unfortunately, it does not work this way. So allow yourself some slack, give yourself some love, allow yourself to take a break, and, you know, and pursue something apart from medicine. So that's, you know, I'm saying this in public so that, you know, people, you know, you don't need anyone's permission, but then this is not this is not an uncommon feeling so that's the second thing i would say as a woman you know it's okay to want something else apart from medicine and and uh, i think um, given that you know times have changed if you see something that's you know wrong or something that's you know that could be improved on say something you know speak up speak to your boss speak to you know, colleagues and say, hey, you know, I noticed this. Is this a problem for other people? Isn't this weird? Say something, because unless you say something, no one knows. You know, no one knows that it's a problem. And they're used to the status quo. If everyone's OK with the status quo, how are things going to change? And the last, last thing I would say is, let's say you work in an environment which is you know, things, you know, you've tried to say something. Things are not changing very antagonistic it's taking a toll on your mental health or for whatever reason you know it's 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 the environment is not for you the work is good but the environment is not for you it's okay to step back and say this is not for me it's a very prestigious job but this is not for me and i want something else and that's okay too so i think this this sums about it
0: okay great great um and through this pandemic what has changed? How have you been able to maintain your sanity? Um, it's been very challenging as a frontline worker, I'm sure. How have you been able to deal with the challenges um, and you know, as you're getting through this phase?
1: I think the pandemic, it's been nearly a year. And you know, working in New York City, we've definitely been affected the most. First of all, I'd like to say, uh, you know, New Yorkers were very awesome. I remember in summer when early stages of the pandemic and at 7 p.m., everyone would clap, you know, for all the healthcare workers and essential workers. That was very encouraging. That was very, uh, it felt very good that people recognized that, you know, we, this is what we do every day, but it felt nice that someone, you know, takes a little bit of their time to applaud us. That felt very good. The other thing that has it has brought real focus on is physician burnout, and uh, again, having a good, having a strong structure outside of work. You need to, you know, I would say I have a very good set of friends. I have a very supportive husband. (laughs) So, and the and I love doing, you know, I like doing my art. I like doing yoga. I love to cook so these things are not involved in medicine and, and that really helped help me find my strength and help me centre myself so that I could be strong when I'm at the hospital and I think this is what more and more people are realising so make time to have friends make time to build close connections and I don't mean Facebook or you know Instagram social media things I mean like real connections to have friends and you know this will really help you because connections and support, people at work who are also going through the same thing, you know, we can do this all together. So I think this is what has really, you know, helped me through this pandemic. And I think as we go through this, we don't, I don't know when this will end, hopefully soon, but I think this is, this is important.
0: Great, absolutely, absolutely. Um... New York has been strong and, you know, and it's been a tough ride. But hopefully, I think, you know, we are seeing the the light at the end of the tunnel here. Um, awesome. Awesome. So let's just talk about some fun stuff now. You know, um you have, you know, if you were not being a physician, what would be an alternative career for you?
1: Wow. A good one. I think... Um... Let me think. I think I'd like to be a chef. I think I'd like to be like an Indian, Nigella Lawson. I think I'd like to do that, <laughs> like a home cook, and focusing on good food, uh, easy to put together. So I think I think I'd love to do that.
0: Okay, that's okay. That's great. I think you know uh, another thing which. I can think of you would also be a very good um, detective because you love to see those problem solving things and you always expressed an interest in that as well. And I can see that relating to your um, hospitals as well where you feel like it's a lot of problem solving and you've got to figure out a puzzle there. So probably that's that's another one that you might be interested in doing. Yeah,
1: I, I absolutely love uh, detective stories and I'm a, you know, I think medicine does a a big part a big driver for me in medicine is this problem solving and like you know finding out it looks the same but it's not really the same and why isn't it the same so try to you know piece little puzzles together it it, it absolutely drives me but you know becoming a detective in this day and age I'm not really sure because I'm not like one of the CSI kind of detective people but I'd like more like a you know, the Agatha Christie, where it's all glamorous and, you know, you're on a cruise ship and there's a murder and, you know, those sort of things. So I kind of, uh, that's how I see myself being (laughs) a glamorous detective, maybe in the 60s, 70s. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Yeah. um, And then let's just dream a bit. Okay. I think, you know, we talked about your career. We talked about the past, you know, we're talking about like what else you might be doing, if not being a physician, but let's just say, you know, tomorrow you had $50 million, $100 million given to you, and you have to solve, say, healthcare problems, challenges that is uh, rife in the United States. What would you do with that money?
1: It's a tough one i think i do a couple of different things one is i'd get more physicians uh you know at the top levels of hospitals uh two is i would you know i would if if we could have more physicians again at the level of the senate making healthcare policy changing um, i i do believe that you know in a country like the united states we must have universal healthcare there are multi levels you know to sol- the multiple levels to solving this problem i understand that but i think that is that is something that i would work towards you know where where everybody has some level of healthcare and you know we f- we put more and more focus and i would and, and and the third i think which is the most important thing is I would say a huge chunk of money should be spent on preventative medicine. So you you target much younger people. You target you know them maintaining their health and well-being rather than when they're in their 50s and 60s trying to solve their problems. I think you know we should reallocate money towards the primary care physicians, towards you know psychiatrists, primary care physicians, pediatricians, towards keeping. People healthy rather than spending money when they're you know later in their life. So that's that's where I would uh, I would focus my money on.
0: Great, great. Um, no, those that, are great points. You know, I think we need more clinical leaders, in health systems, and makers so that you know they can change things. That's 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 a great point that you mentioned there. Um, Yeah. So, you know, and any advice you would give for our young folks who are trying to navigate jobs, figure out where they want to work, what kind of a setting or practice type or, you know, how they want to figure out their life, whether it be part-time, full-time, you know, anything of that sort that you would give advice to our young clinicians?
1: Sure. I think the first thing is, I think you've got to approach, you know, if you're a young physician setting out into a job and you're trying to figure out what's the best job for me, the short answer is you will not know until you try different things. It's like anything. You want to go and buy a nice pair of shoes. You know, you're going to have to try on a couple of different pairs. You're going to see. You sort of know what you want. Like, okay, let's say you want a pair of, you know, I don't know a pair of like sneakers to run with. You're going to try different, you know, go to different stores, try different things, figure it out. So it's it's the same, it's the same sort of principle that you got to apply. Try out different jobs, try it out for a short time. And as I said, don't fix, don't lock yourself into a mindset that this is what I want to do. Because, you know, hey, you may do something else and you may be like, oh, this is actually kind of nice. I want to do that. And this also affords me time to pursue my other little dream so I said, just just um, experiment a little bit, allow yourself to experiment a little bit, you know. And then the second thing is, let's say you've already, you know, your heart is set on something. And then, and you know, before, before you make that decision, as I said, try to look for mentors who are in different stages of their career in your chosen field, and sort of see yourself, say that, you know, is this, is this whom I want to be like? Is this what I want to be like? And then talk to them, talk to them, ask them what they did, you know, uh, how they did it. So I think that that would be my best advice.
0: That's great, that's great. That's great. Um, yeah, and, you know, I think lastly, it's, you know, we're in the weekend of the Valentine's Day. So what message... In terms of love and positivity, would you like to send to all of our audience and listeners and young clinicians out there? I think
1: uh, I would send just one message, and that is, you know, love yourself, appreciate yourself, um, love yourself as you would love your love your child, or love your pet. You know, love. That's the best advice I can give.
0: Awesome. Awesome. That's great. That's great. Um, so thank you so much for being with us today. Again, once again, this is Dr. Nandini Yadav. She's an internal medicine physician, and also my Valentine. But thank you so much for being with with us today and sharing your experience, your journey, and you know all the lovely guidance and advice for our young clinicians. For all the folks listening out today, this is once again Smile with Sigh on Saturdays. So uh, we're doing a weekly podcast, a live show where we interview clinicians just to get some guidance and advice from them as to like how they thought about their patients, and, you know, any things that you could learn from them. You can find us online at YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, as well as, you know, if you're looking for any opportunities and things like that, you know, you're definitely welcome to go to our site, directships.com um so yeah thank you so much everyone please have a great weekend a happy very very happy valentine's day have fun folks